0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the PIXO Classroom Podcast, where we talk about passion, innovation, X-Factor, enthusiasm, leadership and education, epilepsy awareness, entrepreneurship, and pop culture. I am your host, Ryan Reed.
1: Now, do I need to do anything like to... Um need to like record anything you might
0: as hit the record button i do have a sd card here since this is a group talk there Lori, but that way if anything happens the card at least you'll have the video uh, audio okay. download too so just go ahead and record it
1: i've never done this never recorded it yeah. how do i do that just okay, go, sort
0: of the bottom, hit record and then it'll say do you have permission you say yes i do and i'll hit okay
1: okay should i start now
0: yep go ahead
1: okay recording in progress
0: there we go hit the continue button i like that recording in progress there we go all right okay uh everybody ready we'll just kind of go through the questions i'll introduce everybody and then uh you guys can just go from there so All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Episode 70 of the Pixel Classroom Podcast. I have a real special podcast episode, too. We actually have our very first ever group podcast. Yes, there's actually more than two people on this podcast. There's actually four of us all together, so this is pretty amazing. So I would like to welcome uh, the person who made this possible, and I would like to welcome the first one, which is Lori McKeon. Hello, Lori. Hello. Thank you
1: for having us. No
0: problem. I also like to welcome Matt Elfring into the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Hello, Matt.
2: Hey, Ryan, how are
0: you? Not too bad, actually, pretty good, like in this kind of uh, medium somewhere. And then we actually have a returning guest here is uh, Becky Weinhof. So, uh, Be- Becky, how you been?
3: Oh, great. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, see, it's amazing. You're, you're like the first returning guest ever on the podcast in the last <laughs> two years. So, you know, Becky's really special. So, um, I decided to talk here to this. Uh, Lori runs a uh, epilepsy support group. Uh, Becky, how long have you been? i mean, sorry, not Becky. Lori, how long have you been running this now? I uh, uh, about 10 years 10 years it's been 10 years wow it feels like yesterday we kind of came to the furry first one there at uh at the church and everything so uh Lori, why don't you uh, introduce yourself and um and um a little background about yourself and we'll move through matt and becky here
1: okay yeah my name is Lori mckeon and um i, I had epilepsy when i was three years old um it started um capping when i'm younger and then it went away um then i had a uh, Came back in in uh, high school, and we've had a different little things like uh, déjà vu and a funny stare and taste and um, twitch in my mouth. And uh, my parents thought, "Well, something's going on." So um, I ended up having uh, medications, and um, I had some some struggles in high school with um, some learning problems. That I realized later on that that's a comorbidity, which is uh, also part of the epilepsy, and um, it was something that made me feel better that it wasn't just learning disorders. Um, but, um, I went through high school and, um, I went to a college and got a degree in music therapy and I'm um, doing that now, which I really love. And, um, I'm able to use the, uh, you know, my difficulties with people that have special needs and I'm really grateful that I can, can do that. Um, use, use music to, uh, to help others feel better about themselves and just so many other things, but, um, I really enjoy that. Um, and so then I decided to, uh, start the support group and um, it's because I uh, felt like God was calling me to do it. I just felt like I needed to do it. And the reason why is I just was um, needed to have support myself and wanted to help others um, get through it too. And so, yeah, so then I end up having um, brain surgery um, and I am pretty much, my seizures are controlled. I don't have any major things and nothing that really um, affects my, um, my life, just annoyances sometimes at nighttime. Um, so that's pretty much my my life right
0: now oh wow thank you there Lori and matt what about you
2: hi i'm matt elfring um i was had my first seizure my very first day of senior year of high school back in uh, 1999 um and then i was diagnosed a year later with epilepsy uh so it's it's been quite a while um I, it's relatively controlled with medication. I still have breakthroughs every couple years or so. Um, But I got a really great wife and a really cool kid and a nice support group that I occasionally go to. Um, (laughs) Occasionally. (laughs) Yeah, occasionally. (laughs) Uh, Life is busy with a toddler. Uh, Aside from that, I, you know, I got a degree in um, critical analysis of film and screenwriting from Columbia College in Chicago. And then I became a news editor of the website, game spot. And that's my life is just writing and telling people what to write every day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And we'll go a little bit into that too. And Becky, for those who might not remember you from the previous one, how about you introduce yourself and uh, your story?
3: Hi, I'm Becky Vinehout. And I would like to let everyone know that an epilepsy center cured my epilepsy and my memory improved. In 2012, I went to a specialized epilepsy center with an EMU, which is an epilepsy monitoring unit. Uh, They precisely located my seizure focus and surgically removed it. My seizure stopped immediately. My recovery was easy and my memory improved. The epilepsy center slowly reduced my medications until I went off them completely After some time with remaining medicine-free and living seizure-free, my epileptologist stated I am living proof of being cured. I no longer live in fear and prevented Suda, which is sudden unexpected death in epilepsy. I have been very blessed.
0: Thank you, Becky. And you you all shared what your first seizures happened. Um, How did your life actually change after being diagnosed with epilepsy? Lori, why don't you uh, start that off?
1: All right. I didn't really um, think of it so much. Um, They weren't really major um, episodes. I didn't have grand mal seizures. It just was a space, spaciness and deja vu um, and tickle and um, like a uh, funny taste in my mouth and things um it just kind of happened but when i had a uh, grand mal when i was about to um take a drive um i ended up um stopping the car before i actually had the seizure and it turned out that i had a grand mal for the first time that i remember and uh that was when they took away my license so uh pretty much uh that was my life change and it turned out that they thought that i was a candidate for um the brain surgery and um temporal lo- temporal lobe and uh, that was very successful. I, like um, Becky said, I had different uh, tests that I had to take and um, made me see that this is really true and happening. And um, I had to deal with some medication um, issues. And finally, I found the, pretty much the right medication that is where I do have controlled seizures.
0: And what about you, Matt?
2: Uh, because of what had happened within my, uh, my life, my teenage years, uh, was very, um, angry, uh, very, I didn't take care of myself. I kept having, uh, seizures. I didn't listen to my doctor cause I was very, uh, rebellious, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, I mean, uh, since then, I mean, my life hasn't incredibly changed, I guess, because I've been so focused on a routine of making sure I get sleep making sure I don't drink a lot. Uh, And my wife, who I'm married to now, obviously, uh, has been with me the entire journey. Like we started dating in high school. So she's kind of been with me, uh, helping me, holding my hand. So I've had a really good support system, which I think is more important than anything else in the world. Um, I mean, I think the only thing that really changes is on occasion, you know, once every two years, I can't drive for six months, but Mm. I live in a walkable part of the suburbs. So that's fine with me.
0: Especially the weather we've had lately. It's pretty. It's pretty oh nice yeah. It's been beautiful out too. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I don't know. It's us all in high school in the late nineties seem to have had that little thing. You were, I was class 96. You were in 99. So it's like us nineties kids will be rebellious. Mm, Gen X. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Becky, what about you? How did things change for you after being diagnosed? Uh,
3: I was diagnosed at 23 with epilepsy. And um, my, my life didn't change that much in the beginning, but it changed over a period of time because I was never able to control my seizures. I uh, went through nine different medicines. Um, they were always cocktails, adjusted doses, um, but my refractory epilepsy uh, never went away and my memory um, started to deteriorate um, over time. And actually, I, the best part is, is when my life changed, was when I went to an epilepsy center and I ended up having surgery and um the seizure stopped immediately so what I remember mostly my biggest change was after surgery and after going to uh, the epilepsy center uh to to take care of my seizures because my memory began to improve because it wasn't getting zapped anymore um by the seizures right so um that's truly what I remember more, you know, from 20, for those 23 years that I was on medicine, uh, you know, I I constantly fought seizures kind of thing and I blew it off and I would have, you know, an aura, I would um, feel it. Right. So I was able to excuse myself and have my seizure and then I come back to work. Um, But over a period of time, it started to mess with my cognitive skills and uh, my memory. So, but my biggest change was having the surgery and, um, my epilepsy being gone. <laughs> so that's the miracle part. That's right. what really has changed things.
0: And that, that's the thing is both you and Lori had surgery. Matt, did you ever have surgery for yours or were you just strict with uh, medication treatment?
2: I'm, I'm strictly on medication. I only have grand mal seizures. They, um, weeks leading up to it, I will have a roller coaster of emotion, uh, huge mood swings, uh, anger and depression, uh, ultra joy, happiness. So we we kind of know when it's coming on. Um, but because of the fact that like, I'm I'm very lucky in the fact with my epilepsy where it's, it, it, I can still um, kind of have my life. It, it it's not. I know when it's coming. I I know when it's going to happen. Um, and it, the breakthroughs are, you know, once every two years. Um, so for me, it's very, very manageable. So I'm very, very lucky with that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's one thing. I mean, many, you know, with Melissa, I mean, she's had both surgery and medications, including surgery coming up at the time we're recording this another week here. So it's been a major roller coaster for her and hers have been not as predictable and everything though they've gotten better through both treatment and surgery and so forth. Um, and that, it's really interesting what led that. Cause you know, she started her support group many years ago back at like nine. but, uh, Lori, what, what led you to, um, starting this, your support group? Cause you know, I know you were, uh, you came in with uh, Melissa's uh, when she was doing hers back at St. Joe's several years ago and, um, mm-hmm. how you got that, how you got that going and uh, actually how you get the word out. Like how did that work?
1: Yeah, um, Melissa had a very big part of it. Yeah, like um, I said earlier, that um, I felt the calling of God to tell me uh, to start this. And my uh, pastor actually had had seizures, and he said that um, you could use our our church. So uh, he actually gave me his um, wife's name, who uh, was a chaplain at um, Melissa's uh, hospital at the time, and I contacted Melissa. And I went to the support group for her, and I thought it was wonderful. And um, she got me involved with the Epilepsy Foundation of Greater Chicago. And um, that's just been a wonderful place. Um, they have, they, I've learned so much. I had no idea what epilepsy was like until I uh, got involved in the uh, Greater Foundation of Epilepsy. Um, so um, and I, I pretty much wanted to uh, have support myself and also um, share my thoughts and my, um, my experiences with other people, too, that had epilepsy
0: and And Matt, how did you um uh find out about the support group as as you said, you only come out every uh so often here not to put you on the spot or anything
2: oh that no that's fine uh after my son turned about a year old, I had like my first seizure with you know having a son, and he witnessed it all, and it kind of put me into a depression spiral for months, and it really really affected me because I want to be around you, take care of my kid, be a great father um And I had worked with the epilepsy foundation before in years prior um, when they were doing stand-up comedy shows, I would do a set or two. Uh, And so I just went on their website and I found out there's a support group. And I'm like, I think this is what I need because I don't have anybody in my life. None of my friends uh, have epilepsy. I I need perspective from other people. I need to hear their stories. I need to tell my story to other people so I can feel, you know, kind of part of a tribe with this just to kind of, you know, let myself know that I'm not the only one struggling with this. Thank you. And I found Lori. And it was right down the street. (laughs) She was
0: right over there. She said, come on over, man.
2: It's a two minute drive. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) I don't want to leave my bubble.
0: Exactly. Got to stay within that, uh, you know, 50 feet radius, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and Becky, what about you? What led, what, what led you coming to the group?
3: I actually didn't attend a support group till after my surgery. <laughs> um, I'd never gone to anything uh, during the time that I fought with the epilepsy for 23 years uh, because my surgery and my seizure stopped. And um, you know, I had learned that over 3.4 million people in the United States have epilepsy, and that a third of those people can't control seizures with medicine um, alone. And so because my life miraculously changed when the seizure stopped, I mean, I had to rehabilitate my mind and, and, um, but because my life went to being so good, I wanted to spread the good news of an epilepsy center. I had never heard of an epilepsy center before. And, um, uh, my surgery, I had gone to, uh, like five doctors and I did not hear about the epilepsy center through my doc, through a doctor. I heard about it through a client that I was cutting their hair. And, um, Actually, he told me about his neurologist and um, he had a stroke or my client had a stroke and they went through his groin all the way up to his brain and cauterized where his stroke was. I said, I want to meet your doctor. Maybe they can help me with epilepsy that way. And so I ended up then meeting this doctor. I I had to get a referral to see him. I didn't know why. I, I didn't realize I was going to an epileptologist. And um, so I stumbled on this wonderful care that's offered at epilepsy centers. So I go to support uh, and let other people know um, that an epilepsy center can help you prevent your seizures. Um, And many people have never heard of an epilepsy center before, or they don't know when to go to an epilepsy center. And this is what they say, uh, the Epilepsy Center Guidelines- is that um, if you continue to have seizures uh, despite treatment of more than one year at a medical care office, request a referral from your doctor to an epilepsy center. Or if you've tried two medicines and you're not able to get your seizures under control with the trying of two medicines, request a referral from your doctor to go to an epilepsy center. Or if you're experiencing unacceptable side effects Um, If you're pregnant or want to become pregnant. So epilepsy centers help a lot of people with epilepsy and um, there's approximately one third of people uh, of 3.4 million people in the United States that cannot control their seizures and an epilepsy center is for them. So I go to support groups to tell them about epilepsy centers and to hopefully help them get the care that they need um, when they're having trouble with their seizures.
0: And actually, that, that segues into our next question uh, very well. Um, what do you hope to share with your story about epilepsy? We'll, we'll start with you, Becky, because you pretty much hit that point in, in the fact that you actually wrote a book too about sharing your story. So, what did you hope to share with your story and your journey?
3: Uh, what What I hope to share with it is uh, before going to an epilepsy center, I didn't I didn't think my epilepsy was a big deal. I had I knew the aura came. I would excuse myself, go have my seizure, and come back to work. Uh, but the big deal, what it was, is that I was losing my memory. You know, I couldn't find my car in the parking lot. If I had 10 items on a grocery list, I couldn't remember anything in the store. You know, we used to have to dial phone numbers off our mem- <laughs> off our mind, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wasn't able to do that. So my memory was really deteriorating um, with it. So what I want people to know is, is to check out a the National Association of Epilepsy Centers. Um, They have a video that you can watch that's how an epilepsy center can help. And they explain what an EMU is at an epilepsy center. Um, An EMU is an epilepsy monitoring unit. And it, it is there that they can pinpoint exactly where someone's seizures are in order to treat them. You know, I I advocate for this because I tried nine medicines, five doctors, and I thought there and I was losing my mind. Right. Really. Right. And uh, I thought there was no hope out there. And then I, you know, fell and stumbled upon this epilepsy center. And um, so I really want people to to go to it because uh, I've been on a few Facebook groups and have talked to a few people and many people have trouble with their cognitive skills and with their memory, with having seizures that aren't controlled.
0: And Matt, what about yours?
2: My, uh, my epilepsy. No, well, <laughs> what you, you hope thing. to
0: share your, not your epilepsy. I think That's what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> Sorry I, about that.
2: I, I think that I, I want people to know that, uh, when, when you have epilepsy and, and you're kind of searching for answers, it, there is an overall feeling of loneliness and kind of, uh, just a, a spiral of that, um. So first and foremost, that like, you're not alone. You know, as Becky has said, I think it was, she said 3.4 million people with epilepsy. Uh, there are other people out there and there are resources like Laurie has set up through Epilepsy Foundation of support groups. And I think there's nothing more important than coming face to face with other people uh, who are in the same predicament as you, you know, to help each other, to heal with each other. Uh, it is even though I haven't gone as much as I used to, uh, it has really done wonders for me. So I think that's something first and foremost, people really need to do is just search out others like you for help.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. Good advice. And Lori, what do you hope to share about your story?
1: I I just uh, that there's hope for a cure and there's, there's hope through um, your struggles. I I felt like uh, God uses our daily struggles to change things for the good and to have compassion on those who, um, who have epilepsy and have uh, a lot of uh, health problems. And um, I just want everybody to know that um, that there's hope and that we can use our struggles to help others. And we're all out there. We're all here together. And um, that the support is wonderful. And uh, I just really meet wonderful people. And um, also I uh, just uh, go through the epilepsy st- support groups and the um, Epilepsy Foundation. where medical um, professionals uh have, make a lot have a lot of research, and they uh, know what they're doing. And I just, uh, there's hope, pretty much. Oh, thank you for that. I,
3: yeah, if I could add to that. Go, go um, right ahead, Becky. Thanks. So, Lori, uh, yes, what's nice is that surgery can cure some people um, that have epilepsy in the, the right candidates. Um, but at an epilepsy center, what's nice is they do start with medicines. Um, to see if they can help with that. They offer therapies. And then they also offer minimally invasive surgical treatments these days. You and I both had a, a right to, or I, if yours was on the right, you know, had a temporal lumpectomies um, yeah. for our seizures, you know, to to prevent them and, and to stop them. I just was a very successful case and was now able to go off medicine. And um, so that's pretty wonderful. And then um, if you're not able to go for that. There's like the RNS, which is, you know, what mm-hmm. Melissa's having done uh, to prevent seizures, uh, you know, for that. So I want people to realize that utilizing a surgical treatment to prevent their seizures is a wonderful opportunity to support brain health. Um, because when you get those seizures stopped, your memory and your your cognitive skills will probably improve because you're not being, they're not being zapped all the time. Mm-hmm. So Um, Many people deserve to go to an epilepsy center to conquer their seizures.
0: Thank you. Now, now all three of you do very you know you all have interesting careers here. But uh, Matt, what about you, Matt? Yours is very interesting. You 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 do your part for Gamespot. I mean, share that especially because I know a lot of gamers like to listen to me or on this pod on this podcast for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> but
2: uh, what uh, yeah, is what I, is um, what is your
0: job into? And you are also a part of a podcast too for your company. So you know, share, go ahead and share that out too.
2: Yeah, uh, about six years ago, I came over to Gamespot to uh, work on their new. Uh, entertainment section uh and since then i've become the head of news for entertainment so i just write about news i get to interview celebrities i do a lot of wrestling coverage there (laughs) uh i've got a weird dream job that i'm really good at i think so uh they also gave me a podcast about wrestling where we interview celebrities about funny things in wrestling it's (laughs) I, everything I do is, is everything I love. I just wanted to have a job writing. That's all I cared about when I left high school and I've made a very good career out of it so far.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Especially because I mean, like you said, you get to actually talk about wrestling and everything (laughs) else. It's like, so it's like, it's time for wrestling, everybody. I had to use that one. It just was gonna. I happen. make
2: that that noise on our podcast
0: <laughs> that, on a weekly I, basis. I thought that'd be a good one. I'm, well, it's better than what I usually get with mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyhow laura you do music therapy which is which is very very interesting and everything i mean i mean you know melissa and i's son's done a little bit of the musical therapy and i've had a friend of mine whose son has done a lot of musical therapy in fact he's uh d- doing a musical scholarship towards northern uh thanks to uh doing music and learning there but what what does that uh in uh entail and how does that actually work for you yeah well
1: um pretty much i use um music to uh help individuals in my job with um uh, development disabilities. I work at a place called Markland. They have very profound um, disabilities and um, autism. And um, I'm able to use um, music through uh, instrument playing and working on uh, vocalizations and socialization. Uh, just today I had um, a ball activity and some music and I had um, you know, kids with autism uh, throw the ball to each other, which helped their um, interaction with others. And I had them ask a question using a uh, um, communication device because some of them aren't able to um, to talk. So, um, I try all these different ways. I also work with the elderly and, um, i work a lot on, um, singing and taught thinking about memories that also helps your cognitive, um, capabilities. Um, when you, uh, when you sing and, um, it just does so many things and, uh, I really love it. Um, so I don't, hopefully that's enough, but uh, <laughs> that's
0: <what> I do. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and Becky, you have a very interesting one, especially since I'm bringing you another client here in a couple of days. So no. <laughs> what about what about yours, especially with the uh, hair area, which we talked about in the previous, uh, previous episode uh, a couple of weeks, a little ways back.
3: Thank you. Uh, yes, um, I'm a cosmetologist by trade, but I developed a service called Surgical Hair Design after my surgery at the Epilepsy Center. Uh, so what I do is I work with... Um, Um, people that are having epilepsy procedures at an epilepsy center and I fix their hair. Uh, So um, what they do then is they come in and see me before their procedure so that when they're done with it, um, it grows out gracefully. I worked with somebody uh, just two weeks ago and she um, had a a left temporal lumpectomy and we got her all set. And then um, I know with Melissa, we'll be working with her next week And um, she's already had her procedure to uh, to figure out where her seizures are at the EMU. And so her hair is cut shorter. And so we're going to go in and spruce it all up um, for it to grow out nicely after her procedure next week. Um, The great thing about and what has been so rewarding about working with surgical hair design is I've met many people whose quality of life has improved post surgery. They're, you know, they're they had reduction in seizures. They're living seizure free. They, you know, had their cognitive skills improve. improved. They became, one of them became wittier, right? Your family <laughs> says she seems more like a smart ass <laughs> kind of thing. Um, you know, so I'm seeing improvement um, with people that are having, you know, surgical treatments. And so um, it is very rewarding to help people heal, you know, with that. And before my surgery, I could barely write an email. So, and I was really struggling. There's no way I could have done what I've done today with my book in surgical hair design if I didn't have my surgery. So I've become a very big advocate (laughs) of, of surgeries, you know, and, and epilepsy center really can help people reach the goals of no seizures and no side effects. And I was wondering, I'm hoping that we can put this, um, in the notes in your podcast notes, but the national association of epilepsy centers website on their patient page They have a video on there, how an epilepsy center can help, which explains what an EMU is and, um, you know, and how they treat um, seizures. And they explain their options that they have. Um, They do state that there is a realistic chance to potentially cure their epilepsy with surgical management. So I believe it's really important for people to become their own advocate And um, have an evaluation at an epilepsy center if your seizures aren't controlled with medicine. And make sure you're having the most advanced care possible. Also on there is, um, there's a a tool, they call it, that's called um, My Seizures No More Tool. And um, it's a few easy questions that are on there uh, that people can answer. And they can, um, it helps them to strike up a conversation with their neurologist if they've been, you know, like me, there's lots of people that are in my shoes where I tried many medicines and they, they think that's their only choice, right? And so I, I think they're afraid to bring it up to their neurologist. And this tool um, that's on the National Epilepsy Centers, or excuse me, National Association of Epilepsy Centers um, that's on there will help them and guide them to an epilepsy center to make sure they're receiving the most advanced care they possibly can.
0: Thank you very much for that. Yeah, I'll have to put that in the show notes. Same thing with you would your company you work with Lori and Let's we need we need a link for your podcast there, Matt. Definitely. I know a lot of people who are wrestling fans will be jumping all over like, "Oh, what's that fun thing? I'm going to the game spot. Let's listen to that now."
3: <laughs> nice.
0: So, um, one thing else, I mean, it's been really good here and everything else as we uh, wrap this up. Is there anything uh, anybody would like to uh, uh, share about anything about their journey and, uh, you know, hopes they have for the future here? Uh, Laura, we can kick this all off with you.
1: (laughs) Put you on the spot, (laughs) you (laughs) know. Okay. I'm sorry. I can't think of anything right now.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Matt, what about you besides the uh, n- next amazing episode there of the Game Spot on wrestling there? <laughs>
2: uh, I, I would say that always see, always search out like a second opinion for a doctor and a third opinion <laughs> and a fourth opinion. I went through uh, – very brief, I'll just tell this story. I went through like 17, 18 years of uh, having a neurologist that didn't have answers, and he was highly recommended to us, and I just thought that was – that was it. Like uh, he retired luckily. (laughs) And I went to a a new doctor this year, actually. And I did my meeting with him, told him everything. My wife was there with me telling him everything, giving him everything we could information wise. And he's like, Oh, you have this type of epilepsy. Uh, This is what you can do. Uh, You're completely cool. Uh, Keep up the good work, man. Essentially. Like it was just like the most mind blowing experience with a new doctor actually, you know, 18 years 20 years whatever not having any answers to having all the answers dropped on you and I just like I walked out of the doctor's office bawling I'm like I'm so happy and sad and mad and everything at the same time I'm just glad that I have answers so search out other doctors please (laughs) yeah and I have
0: to agree I mean Melissa's had a pretty wonderful relationship with her with Dr. Roy and I know Lori, you've had especially since we've been working with your doctor too so that's one thing I've learned in, uh, in the times here, being an advocate and working and, you know, married to Melissa is definitely the relationship with your doctor has been a very important thing. Of course, I've also learned that with my own parents and their struggles with their health and everything over the last several years. Becky, what about you?
3: Uh, yeah, Matt, I, I need to agree with you. It's important that you seek out um, advanced care. And what's nice, uh, like about an epilepsy center, you know, there's over 230 of them in the United States. So they're, they're out there um, and they are a group of, of doctors and experts that specialize just in epilepsy. And it's a whole bunch of brilliant minds working together, you know, to help people with regular evaluations. And um, if the, trees, the seizures can't be treated, um, you know, without surgery, you know, they have minimally invasive treatments to, to get the seizures stopped. So what I really hope is so many people deserve to live a seizure-free life. And I hope, you know, more people are able to find these epilepsy centers um, to go to them and um, get their epilepsy taken care of. So they quality of life improves so they can work, drive <laughs> and live independently.
0: All right. Thank you. Thank you, uh, everybody, for this. And Lori, thank you so much for uh, bringing this group together and everything to be on the uh, Pixel Classroom podcast today.
3: Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. <laughs> thank
0: you. And especially yeah. in everything, and you, everything you do and everything you're uh, part of. So thank you so much for being on that today. Thank you again for listening to the Pixel Classroom Podcast. Remember, if you like what you hear, please think of leaving us a message or a review or think of subscribing on your favorite podcast network. This is Ryan Reed, and I will see you later on the Pixo Classroom Podcast.